Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. What a week this has been. Lots of news. You know, we've often used the phrase, when it rains, it pours, especially to describe this planting season here of 2019. But we could also use the same uh, description for news a day like yesterday when we had both the new trade assistance package announced and got word that disaster aid has been approved in Congress. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about on our program today. We're going to get reaction uh, to those events from the president of the National Corn Growers Association, Lynn Crisp, and CEO of the American Soybean Association, Ryan Finley. Both will be joining me on the program today. And we're going to take a look at the market implications and market reaction to those events, as well as the continued challenges of planting uh, this spring with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. But we're going to start things off, kind of get into the some of the details that we know on these uh, programs and how they will be administered. We'll start off by talking with the administrator of the Farm Service Agency, Richard Fordyce. Richard, thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. It's good to be with you. Okay, let's get into the uh, trade assistance package, the $16 billion uh, announced yesterday at the White House by, by President Trump. Um, $14.5 billion uh, will be payments made to producers of a wide variety of commodities. Uh, certainly a different approach than the last round. Uh, tell us about how this is going to work. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, you know, the president announced a couple of weeks ago, I guess, that um, when uh, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a bump in the road with the negotiations uh, with China and the, and the trade deal, that he definitely wanted to support agriculture and support farmers, and so. Um, you know, it, the, the president asked the secretary to put together a program um, to assist producers as we continue to navigate through that through that trade issue, and and so we've come up with a, a new program, uh, market facilitation program part two, I guess, um, and it is it is a little bit of a different approach. Um, you know, it's I think it's the president and the secretary's desire to get to get some dollars uh, to producers sooner rather than later. And as you know, um, Mar- uh, the MFP program of last year uh, was kind of based on production. And so we've taken a different look at it um, this time, and uh, we're going we're gonna to create a single county payment based on uh, a number of factors that, um, that will create that county payment. Uh, and so producers will, uh, depending on the agriculture in their county and what is historically planted in that county, uh, will receive a payment per acre based on planted acres in 2019. Uh, the, the hope is, is to get kind of initiate these payments, get those payments out the door uh, late summer. Um, so July, August kind of time frame is, is, kind, of the, is kind of the goal at this point. Um, so again, a, little, a bit of a different approach, not waiting on harvest, not waiting on certifying production for the 2019 growing season, but, but uh, developing a, a, an individual county payment based on planted acres. So the, payment, the county payment rates were not released. When will we get those? So I think there's still, um, you know, I think there's still some work that needs to be done to kind of uh, perfect those and finalize those. Um, but it, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of calculation that goes into that to make those as accurate as they possibly can be. Uh, but the other, the other reason to kind of go this approach is we do not want this program in any way to affect plantings. So not to skew plantings toward one commodity over another one. Uh, and, and so producers need to know and, um, that they are, um, that they are also that they're going to be paid by planted acres, so it's not going to matter um, if it's a Title One or some other some other crops that will probably be included in that as well. That if they have if they are planted, they will get a payment per acre. Um, so you know, folks folks shouldn't think that one crop um, is going to pay more than another uh, because there will be a specific uh, payment per acre by county based on planted acres to, no matter what that no matter what that's planted to as far as a as far as a title one crop 
but prevent acres, which will be many this year, it looks like, will not be part of this. That will be covered under the disaster aid package. Is that correct? It, it could be, Mike. And I, I think, um, you know, I think that we're still trying to understand what that is and what that's going to be, um, you know, at this point. But at this time, uh, the MFP uh, Part 2 will pay on planted acres um, only at this point. Now, how will how will the payments be made? Like last time, or how will it be done? So, um, so the the idea is is that the the payments will be made in three tranches. Um, the first the first payment um, being you know that that late summer type payment, um, and that would probably again we haven't we haven't um, completely uh, hammered out what kind of a percentage it would be. Um, but probably a, a larger percentage of the payment would be that one in late summer. And then we would look again, you know, maybe in a November time frame uh, for, a, for a second payment and then a third payment uh, potentially, um, you know, maybe in a January time frame. So, so three, three tranches uh, of payments. The first one would probably be the largest percentage of the total payment um, than the other than the other two. What will farmers need to do? So, uh, so we would encourage producers when they finish planting, um, obviously to go go to their local farm service agency and and complete that acres report that you know that producers know know so well. Um, acres reporting deadline at this point, and again, you know, as you mentioned, we've got. We've got a, a, just a lot of tough weather out there, but right now the acres reporting deadline is July 15th. So when producers are finished planting, uh, they need to go um, uh, and complete that acres report, and, and that will give us then you know the, the, the number of acres that that producer um, has planted. Double crop acres counted in this too? So, um, so the, the, yes. The acres, so so the acres on the farm need to be planted, um, and so um, so they would. Um, but it's a total it's a total number of acres um, planted on in in that producer's operation. So by farm, by producer, um, you know. So very similar uh, at the end of the process, at the end of the process of acreage reporting. You know, we know the number of acres that that producer, um, you know, that producer has has planted, and and we'll pay based on that. So if it were a double crop situation, for example, say soybeans following wheat, um, we're just going to make a payment on that acre once. We're not going to, you know, we won't pay for that. We won't pay for double cropped acres twice, if that makes sense. All right. So we'll wait for those county rates, and then we'll talk with you again. The- at that time, Richard, and uh, get more details and information out. Okay. Absolutely, Mike. I would also mention that uh, we're going to do uh, we're going to do dairy and hogs um, again. Mm-hmm. There'll be a payment for those. Um, the payment rate obviously is not is not settled yet, um, but those will be done like they were in the MFP one uh, okay. program. So by historic okay. production and by number of hogs. Very good. Thanks, Richard. All right. Thank you, Mike. FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce with us here on AOA. Talk, 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 There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days. And some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims. But when you eliminate the fungicides that are Johnny-come-latelys, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about, the one you know and can trust, Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level dawn reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust, everything else is just... Talk, 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 To learn talk, how Caramba talk. fungicide can help your wheat's yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, talking with Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association, 
We've heard some people now speculating that the window is closing on getting USMCA passed this year. Do you think we're we're in that tough a shape? I still think that we have some opportunities to, to push it through this year. I know that there's some rhetoric out there and the window's closing and there are some that are getting frustrated about one side or the other doing this or that. But I think if everybody steps back and they realize the importance of Canada and Mexico, they're going to say, hey, this is a good deal. It improves that relationship. It cleans up some issues we've had before. There are a couple of placeholders, specifically on biotech, that just weren't in the original agreement that are really beneficial. So I think that this is a positive agreement. Agriculture certainly wants it. And we're pushing on members of Congress to say, hey, let's let's move forward with this agreement. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to make the air cleaner, to make our country safer, to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels and oil alternatives, solutions for a brighter, more sustainable world. Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information, and then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's get reaction to the announcement yesterday of the $16 billion trade assistance package. One of those at the White House for the announcement was the president of the National Corn Growers Association, Lynn Crisp, who joins us now. Lynn, thanks for being with us. Your thoughts on the announcement? Yeah, Mike, it's uh, good to be with you today. And it was a good opportunity yesterday to spend some time with President Trump and Secretary Purdue as they made the official announcement on round two of the market facilitation payment. And, uh, I think the takeaway to the group of ag leaders that uh, were present yesterday was that the president is working real hard uh, in uh, negotiating for a level playing field without artificial trade barriers, and that's uh, something that uh, you know we are advocating for all the time in our trade agreements, and uh, it seems to be uh, one of those sticking points as they have uh, the conversations with the China negotiators. And so in the meantime, uh, they rolled out the details uh, yesterday with more details to come on uh, the $16 billion market facilitation payment. And uh, unlike the uh, report that came out uh, in Bloomberg a few days ago, this is going to be completely different, and uh, that report was completely wrong. Do you like this approach better than the previous one? Um, 
Yeah, corn uh, only received a penny out of the last one, and uh, we made it known that uh, we were really unhappy about uh, those results because we didn't think that USDA uh, appropriately took into account uh, the other related factors that are associated with uh, market impacts and uh, the trade disruptions of tariffs. And uh, it seems that from that standpoint that uh, USDA did uh, hear the validity of our arguments because uh, there are some changes this go around and a different approach to where those uh, related market impacts then are going to be taken into account then and um, the rate is going to be factored in on alfalfa hay and all of the Title I crops then to come up with a single county rate times the plantings in 2019. And, of course, we're still waiting to see uh, what those county payment rates will be. Um, Obviously, this does not make up for what is all that's been lost in, in the trade war. What, what are your feelings overall about receiving a payment and having a program like this uh, while there's still a trade war going on, which obviously would be much better to have the trade than the aid. So what are your thoughts on where we stand right now with this trade situation? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, uh, uh, Farmers across the country are wanting trade instead of aid. Uh, but when we get into these kinds of situations, uh, some assistance is needed. And uh, you're also right in that uh, these payments don't begin to cover the lost opportunities for uh, what we should be realizing and the opportunity to uh sell our products around the, the world, but uh, um, it, it will take off a, a little bit of the edge as far as lost uh, business opportunities. Some have speculated this is market distorting. Uh, others, uh, even with the steps that USDA has taken, still fear that it's going to uh, influence planting decisions. What, what are your thoughts on uh, those types of impacts, maybe unintended consequences, if you want to call it that, uh, from a program like this? Um, that was a concern, and, uh, and uh, we made numerous calls over the last uh, 10 days to encourage USDA not to do that in a way uh, where it was going to uh, influence planting decisions, and uh, it was unfortunate that Bloomberg report, you know, talking as much as $2 for soybeans, you know, was in a year when we were experiencing historically delayed plantings was definitely going to have an impact. But I firmly believe, you know, being around uh, 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 farm programs for the last uh, three decades that this is crafted in such a way that it should not be market distorting because Nobody knows at this point in time what the payments are going to be. We're talking with Lynn Chris, president of the National Corn Growers Association. Lynn, a lot of concern, of course, about getting acres planted at all. And in many cases, we know that there are a lot of acres that will not be planted. Uh, it would seem now that uh, probably the prevent plant acres will be covered under the new disaster aid package, which we're, we're still trying to get details on that. Uh, yeah, they... Uh, disaster uh, aid package then and prevented planting acres is going to be a big factor this year. Uh, we had a uh, board of directors call for the National Corn Growers this morning, and uh, out of the 15 members, 12 gave uh, uh, planting progress reports, and uh, there is a large number of acres, as is currently reported, but just verified by what was said this morning across the Corn Belt that are yet to go in the ground, and uh, there was only one out of a dozen that was standing out uh, taking the call by his planter, and everybody else is too wet or in a situation where they can't get into the field. So 
it is dire out there, and next 10 days is going to be critical. And, of course, we again point out that this uh, this round-of-market facilitation program payments will cover a number of commodities, uh, including dairy and pork and a number of others. So uh, there's a lot to this. Uh, finally, Lynn, as you gathered there at the White House with the President and Secretary Purdue and several members of the ag community on hand, what was the feeling there towards um, the trade situation with China and agriculture's uh, feelings towards the administration about how its approach on dealing with China? Um, yeah, the, I, I would say uh, that the support is uh, waning a little bit just because of the pressure of the spring planting situation and the economics surrounding farming. Um the, the pressure is on. There's just no doubt about that. But uh, there was a lot of uh, support that was spoken directly to the president in uh, hanging in there tough. Uh, or this far down the road, and the, you know people weren't ready to give up on the, the president's approach in order to try to create that level playing field that he was talking about. Any indication from the president or did you get any sense of where they're at with the the talks that anything could be happening soon or does it look like this is going to keep going on for a while uh, i i i think the feeling now uh, with the the backup or the reneging on uh, what had previously been negotiated i i think uh, this is uh the feeling is that we're in for the long haul here in this particular situation, and uh, it'll all depend upon the, the kind of pressure that uh, China is feeling here as things escalate for a while. And there's a lot of speculation as to, uh, you know, maybe China taking the long uh, vision approach here and trying to wait through the 2020 election, and that would not surprise me at all if they did. All right, Lynn, thanks. Uh, must have been quite a, a, an experience for you yesterday at the White House, and we wait for those county rates, but it sounds like overall you're probably happier with this round, the way it's turned out for corn, than the last time. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think uh, the different approach is an approach that is um, I, I wouldn't is just uh, more fair and equitable across the board all right Lynn thanks a lot and uh, we'll talk again probably after those county rates are announced and and talk with you then and also talk more about the the delayed planning but thanks for being with us uh, uh, thanks Mike and yes I would be glad to visit when we know more all right take care Lynn crisp president of the National Corn Growers Association. Later in the program, we'll get reaction from Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. And next week, we'll have reaction from both the pork and dairy industries. But next, we'll look at market reaction to uh, the news as well as the planting situation. We'll talk with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. Stay with us on AOA. There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days. And some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims. But when you eliminate the fungicides that are Johnny-come-latelys, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about. The one you know and can trust. Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level don reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust, everything else is just... Talk, 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 talk. Talk, talk, talk. To learn how caramba fungicide can help your wheat's yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. 
Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy-duty diesel like Senex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as 4.5% and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Senex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels, oil alternatives, nutrient-rich proteins, these solutions create cleaner air and a more sustainable world. Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grains trading at the Board of Trade, higher in overnight activity with traders expected to engage in more short covering ahead of the extended Memorial Day weekend. The markets will be closed on Monday. Traders and analysts are still unsure about how the market facilitation program of $16 billion for U.S. farmers confirmed yesterday by USDA will actually work. Argentine farmers have been moving quickly to finish their soybean harvest, 85% done, according to the Buenos Aires Grains Exchange. U.S. wheat is facing stronger competition from abroad, according to private analyst Sovicon. They're forecasting wheat exports out of Russia for the 2019-2020 season could total 38.2 million metric tons. That'd be up from the country's official forecast of 36 million an hour into the trading day, Chicago wheat July up eleven and three quarters at four eighty-two. Kansas City July up eight and three quarters at four thirty-four. Minneapolis spring wheat July up eleven and a half at five forty-five and three quarters. In corn, July up nine at three ninety-eight and a half. December four sixteen up eight. July soybeans up nine and a quarter at eight thirty and three quarters. November up nine cents at eight fifty-seven and a quarter. For livestock at the Merkin Live Cattle Futures, we're flat to 30 cents lower. June live cattle down 12 cents at 110.67. August feeder cattle 70 cents higher at 143.72. Cash cattle country quiet so far in the south this morning. We've seen live business for the week at 114 to 115 per hundred weight. Lean hog futures June down a dollar five at 88.37. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow is up 112 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk it over with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, let's start with the uh, the trade package. Um, USDA was getting all kinds of criticism and heat for influencing planting decisions by coming out with a program during planting season, but it seems like they did their best to make sure they didn't influence those decisions. They tried to decouple as much as they could. Yeah, they got a little more creative than I thought they had the ability to do. Of course, the lawyers can spend a week working on something and farmers will 
take 10 minutes to uh, find the holes in it, and uh, that's what they've been doing. It does create some more questions, but they, I thought they did a good job as well as they could of trying to decouple the planting decision from it. It still gives incentive to plant something, um, but uh, not necessarily what that would be that they would plant, and it could include cover crops, it looks like, as well. Yeah, they're going to cover a lot in this, and the key, though, we're going to wait and see what that uh, that county rate will be. Now, as far as prevent plant, which will there be a lot of those acres, uh, it would seem, what, the disaster package will help with that, perhaps? Well, certainly, and of course, there were rumors overnight that uh, people in the White House were talking about raising the percentage plant uh, payment from 55% up to 70 or 90% on prevent plant. I think confidence in that has to be low right now, but it is a possibility we could see an executive order like that. I don't think the president would be want to be too quick to do that. He doesn't want to look like he's uh, incentivizing farmers not right. to plant, but uh, certainly he's going to do what he can to maintain the support of the farm base during these Chinese negotiations right now. So there is still a lot up in the air what might happen and how that might influence a farmer's decisions. Yeah, a lot of questions. We're still waiting for a lot of details to figure all this out. But obviously the message from USDA is plant if you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so Mother Nature has the final say. Will they mm-hmm. have the opportunity to plant? Now, some areas did get the opportunity this week. Some areas did not. We saw a little bit more progress in the far eastern Midwest, and that was kind of anticipated. That's where they'd been the slowest, kind of in the core of the Midwest. Of course, Iowa got the quick start this year, followed by Nebraska. Uh, But it's been pretty tough going in our top-producing state, Illinois, this week. Uh, We think that we might be as high as 50% uh, uh, as of Sunday night when the survey numbers come out on Tuesday. Um, But overall, nationally, we're still going to have a lot of acres unplanted, maybe as many as 30 million so finally starting to get the market's attention on this you last time we talked you brought up the possibility you weren't saying it was going to happen but the possibility of getting to five dollar corn here at some point if this continues uh what are you thinking on that now i think that possibility is still there keep in mind that the funds trade momentum these algorithm traders trade momentum that's what took prices so low and they can work the other way as well Obviously, a producer needs to not gamble, needs to have a plan in place and some discipline, and there are plenty of over-the-counter tools that they can use uh, to do some pricing but still have some upside in there in case that's what the market does. But overall, we're still looking at the possibility that we could see double-digit prevent plant acres that would dramatically tighten the balance sheet and create some real problems for our ethanol facilities, for our livestock production facilities, and we're already looking at the possibility of when we start seeing a shipment of corn being imported into uh, the southeast feed areas uh, where it's getting dry right now. We've got so much happening here at once. I mean, as farmers try to get to their fields, uh, we heard yesterday about uh, the lack of availability of shorter season varieties in some places that farmers are wanting to switch to. Uh, there's always a question, will corn acres be switching to beans? And, of course, in the whole issue of acres not planted at all. So uh, it's hard to remember another year where we had so much uncertainty on so many levels this late into the spring. Uh, in my nearly six decades on this earth, I don't remember a year that's been this challenging for corn farmers. This has certainly been one. Now, I, I hear reference a lot, and and I've, I've done that, too, up until this point. Uh, you know, we've had plenty of wet years, and the window of opportunity always comes, and farmers always get far more planted than we think they were able to do so. Um, but this year is the most challenging that I remember. So soybeans, where do you see that price? I mean, do you see any bright spot going forward on soybeans? Well, obviously, it's still possible that the rains just continue, and we have the same problem getting the soybeans in the ground than what we're having getting the corn in the ground, and that we could essentially allow weather to uh, fix our balance sheet. I would have to say at this early date, with the window of opportunity still a lot wider for windows, that uh, that's a risky assumption to make it at this point. So I, I still stick with the assumption that soybeans, 
the new crop soybean corn price ratio needs to drop to 1.8 or lower. We're moving in that direction. We're getting closer to 2 to 1 now. Uh, it doesn't have to do it this summer. Uh, it has to do it before the next plant crop is planted. Um, but right now we need to discourage soybean pr- uh, production versus corn, and uh, the market needs to do that if weather doesn't do that for us. Such a big focus on whether acres are planted or not. Uh, we've not talked as much about those acres that are planted and the conditions that they have faced and how they will yield. Uh, that's going to be impacted, too. The market really hasn't dealt with that question yet, and I don't think it will. I think that's the next phase of this market and probably starts when the first condition ratings come out. That's typically when 50% of the crop has emerged. It's possible that could happen Monday. It's not likely. Uh, It's more likely to be the following week. And so as we go into June, I think that's when the market will start focusing on that right ahead of the June crop report. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with INTLFC Stone. Let's let's switch to pork. Uh, we know the situation in China is bad with African swine fever, and it, it looks like even though we have the tariff situation, they are still buying pork from the U.S. Yes, and we had another big week of purchases, and that's uh, you know those have been spaced out, and the market's been disappointed. But they're also shifting their focus. Well, they want to see the big shipments. So a lot of focus on China's not taking shipment. Well, they quietly are, not at the big eye-popping rates that we anticipated, but they're basically taking four to 5,000 metric ton per week. And so when you look at overall year-to-date shipments that we've made to China, they exceed any that we've done in recent years. Uh, so we're seeing some strong business going into China. We expect that to pick up significantly. And you look at China's import support from all sources. Uh, they were up, uh, what was it, uh, uh, 14%? No, 24% in April uh, versus the previous year. And year-to-date, they're up 8%. So we are seeing them pick up overall and starting to pick up from the United States as well. Which gives you an indication of how serious that situation is in China. Yeah, absolutely. As we talked to our team there, uh, there's no change in that. We haven't seen it in the headlines largely because all this other stuff with uh, the prevent plant and the weather problems has grabbed the headlines. So it's kind of slipped into the background. But as we talked to our people, the disease is still creating the same problems that it has been, still spreading, no signs of turning that around. So where do you see our pork prices going? Well, we really haven't seen it at the retail level yet because for the most part, uh, many of those in the retail sector have failed to grasp the significance of this problem. And even though they're paying more at the wholesale level, um, they still continue to think, well, we can continue to use pork as a leader and, and will go away and our prices will go back down. Fortunately, it looks like we'll still have our bacon because uh, China's taken the split carcasses, but they're cutting off the bellies before they do it. But when you sell pork prices, they're already up 44% since February 22nd. Uh, the match cash hogs up 63%. So as China starts actually taking the big and we think the next round leg up in the cash hog market comes. And before I let you go, I want to talk about wheat because uh, where we thought really good wheat crop in areas now facing weather problems too and disease issues, uh, so that's still a question mark. It really is. It's been extremely wet in the winter wheat belt this year. And uh, our partners over at Commodity Weather Group did a study looking at uh, similar Mays and then looking at Junes that were wet according to what the forecast is for this year staying wet. Uh, They found four other years that had uh, very wet Mays like this, although this has really topped anything that we've seen. Um, And uh, one of those saw a drier June, and it ended up with a trend or a little above winter wheat yield. All three of the other years had a wet June, as the forecast now indicates, and uh, and they all had significantly below-trend yield for winter wheat. And diseases, lodging, hail damage, all those things just accumulate to create problems for wheat. Unfortunately, we have such a big surplus, it's probably not going to be a short enough crop to remove that surplus. 
Wow, so much uh, all at once here as we head into this holiday weekend, and we'll see uh, when we come back after the uh, holiday break uh, how all this uh, uh, moves the market one way or another. Arlen, as always, thanks for the update. We'll talk with you again soon. Look forward to it. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist with INTL FC Stone. All right, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk with the CEO of the American Soybean Association, Ryan Finley. What does he think about uh, the approach used by USDA on this round of trade assistance? And uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, Disaster aid, delayed planning, and so much more. Coming up, stay with us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. All right, guys, we're ready for our four season sunroom, and Daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments. Oh no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait. A family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Let's talk about USMCA. We've heard labor unions say they won't support it. We've heard Nancy Pelosi bring up uh, some issues. Is this uh, just the normal give and take of this kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, before you get to a vote on a big deal like this? Or are these legitimate deal breakers that could keep it? Going back to the negotiating table with Canada and Mexico, those countries aren't stupid enough to do it. Uh, and if we, if they're proposing that, then they're proposing that we won't have any credibility dealing with any country, including China right now, if we're on the cusp of a good agreement with China. So uh, if they, but if they can do some things by side letters or annexes to the agreement, uh, then I'm willing to sit down and, and talk to them. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to make the air cleaner, to make our country safer, to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels and oil alternatives, solutions for a brighter, more sustainable world. Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to separate. First, use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Raw meat should never touch food that won't be cooked. 
Then, always keep raw meat, poultry, seafood, and their juices away from other foods in the shopping cart. And store raw meat, poultry, and seafood in a container or on a plate in the fridge so juices won't drip on other foods. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Joining us now with reaction to the latest trade assistance package from a soybean perspective is the CEO of the American Soybean Association, Ryan Finley. Ryan, thanks for joining us. USDA certainly took a different approach this time, and uh, they seem to have done a pretty good job uh, decoupling uh, this program uh, to keep it from influencing planting decisions, although they've left a lot of questions about the, the county rate, what it will be, and when we'll get it, and things like that. So uh, what's your first reaction to the, the announcement? Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. And the initial reaction is, I'm going to say mixed, and not mixed in a bad way, just mixed in the sense that last year, when we saw the market facilitation program, this trade assistance package rolled out, we knew it was going to be on production in 2018. It was what you harvested. There was a set amount per bushel that you were going to receive based on the commodity. And so while there were challenges with that, there was also a simplicity to it that everybody understood and we were good to go. And now this is the market facilitation program 2.0. And as the trade war continues to impact agriculture in a really severe way and, and the ag economy is suffering big time right now this this plan's coming out and it's not as straightforward and i think there were some elements where they tried to make sure farmers did not plant to the program they wanted to make sure some of the inequities that they had last year of product that wasn't harvested or that that couldn't be harvested was addressed and so they tried to clean up some of that, and, and what we're getting is the MSP, or Market Facilitation Program 2.0 for 2019, that is going to be based on a county payment. We're trying to understand what the formula is to do that, but USDA, I think, is still working through what all of that is going to look like. So we, we do know it won't be commodity-specific, which is really good because farmers don't need to plant to – the government program they should plant what the market is, is telling them to do for for their area of course one of the criticisms of the last round was that it was too heavily in favor of your commodity soybeans so it kind of feels like they had that criticism in mind going into this to try to make it more spread out and more uh, equitable across commodities yeah i think Sometimes we get into this commodity dispute a little bit of, well, how much was soybeans getting and how much was another commodity getting? At the end of the day, it's agriculture. So we're all, we're all hurting right now. I'm gonna, I would argue all day long that soybeans are at the tip of the spear when it comes to China and the trade war that we have with China. I mean, before we were sending $14 billion worth of soybeans to China, it's a fraction of that today. So it is severe what, what soybean farmers are experiencing right now. But soybean farmers don't just grow soybeans. They grow a lot of other commodities. And so when we say we're going to pit one commodity against another, you know, that was a conversation that wasn't healthy in agriculture. We didn't need that. But I think that there were some, there is some legitimacy to, if you have that type of program at this point in the year, on a year like we're having in 2019, it could definitely influence some, some decisions. And so 
USDA came out and said, look, we're, we're going to do this county um, payment program, and, uh, and so it's not going to influence what you plant. And, and I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit, but then we, bit, we raised this question of prevented plant, which would not be covered under this uh, market facilitation program. And our understanding is because the Commodity Credit Corporation requires you to have an interest in the commodity. So you actually have to grow it or have something growing. Otherwise, we can't use the CCC funds for that. Also, they had to look at what would stand withstand a WTO challenge, and I've seen some uh, uh, analysis saying they think this, the way it's uh, being structured, would withstand a WTO challenge. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of conversation about that, and I think we are a long time away from figuring out. You know, within the WTO, there are there are payments that are okay, and then there are these amber box payments, and we can only have so many um, dollars that are that fit within this amber box before it can be challenged at the WTO level. There's also just pure, you know, you, you can't do some things, and, and so that could get challenged at the WTO. I think that's going to work itself out over the next couple of years, uh, and, and I'm going to give credit to USDA to say, we have a problem right now, and we have to figure out a, a fair and equitable way to get that out the door. That's not going to disrupt planning intentions, and I, and I think they're doing a pretty good job at it. Meanwhile, Congress finally comes through with a disaster package. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was almost a little overshadowed. I mean, we heard about it late in the day, and everybody was excited on the Hill about the disaster package, but there was also a lot of media fixation on yesterday's MSP payment and the press um, uh, gaggle that the president did with a number of farmers in the room, which was, was a great experience for those commodity groups that were able to participate and the farmers that were there. But, yeah, on the other side of Pennsylvania, we had the, the Senate working on a, a disaster package. That's going to be great for a number of farmers. And I say it's going to be great because it's going to address hurricanes, it's going to address flooding, it's going to address some fires, it's going to address some of the challenges that – farmers have experienced the last couple of years but if you were going to ask me a specific at this point i think we're still trying to figure out what exactly was in that senate package but to use a now often used phrased phrase uh, we need uh, trade and not aid right there's i'm glad you said that because at the end of the day um you know the disaster package aside because there there was some pain that was felt that uh, needed to be addressed, but the market facilitation program is really a secondary thing. Farmers do not want to see managed trade. We don't want to see any of these programs that, that are out there right now because we would rather see a market that we had with China before, a market where it was going to be based on fundamentals and when there was a demand they were going to purchase. So that's what we want to get back to. All right, Ryan, thank you for being with us. We'll talk more about this when we get more details. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Thank you for joining us. Have a very safe holiday, and thanks for joining us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.